Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hello, welcome to Snazzy Stories. Today, my story is about the Donner Party. And most people know the Donner Party because of their cannibalism. Now, they did make some interesting contributions to the West. And when I teach my seventh graders about this, I know that they will probably only remember them for cannibalism. However, I really would like them to understand the contributions that they made into the settlement of the West. So I hope that that's not the only thing they remember. Uh, but I know that it is very shocking. And it's really shocking to them because uh, it's something that happened in real life. And it should be shocking to everybody. But when they learn about it, they... They're, they're really taken back by the fact that this, these things actually happen to real people. So today, though, I would like to kind of go into a few more details about the Donner Party. Now, the Donner Party is, as I said, very infamous, and they're known for being the tragic group that survived on the flesh of their dead counterparts. Now, I find this story to be tragically haunting, yet one of the great survival stories of Westward expansion, and definitely a tale that should be shared it needs to be told and given its due on the great effect that it had on the settlement of the West. Now, the Donner Party was the last major group of the year to move West. They left Springfield, Illinois in April 1846 and then left Independence, Missouri, which was the jumping off point for most pioneers. And they ended up leaving uh, Missouri in May of 1846. And they began traveling West to seek a new life in California, which so many people were actually moving to California because there was people had claimed free land in California and it wasn't just Americans uh, immigrants were also flooding into Ellis Island and flooding into the bigger cities and they just could not make it and so they had heard about this free land in the west and so they were also trying to get west to create a new life for themselves well most people traveling with the Donner Party were actually families and half of them were under the age of 18 George Donner was elected by the party as their leader and unfortunately, his name is now synonymous with this tragedy. It's now synonymous with cannibalism, which is, which is fairly sad. Uh, he was probably doing, obviously, he was doing the best he could, but they just got stuck in a really, really horrific situation. Now, George Donner chose to take his party through what was claimed to be a faster, straighter route through the Wasatch Mountains and across the Salt Lake Desert. The Donner Party decided to trust the guidebook of Lansford Hastings and Lansford Hastings himself and take what was called Hastings Cutoff, which apparently would save 250 miles and many weeks of travel. But the problem was is that Lansford Hastings had only gone through this route on horseback, which is entirely different than taking families and pack animals and wagons. Now, part of this route was to go through the Wasatch Mountains and eventually through Emigration Canyon. The pioneers in Emigration Canyon, when they, once they got to Emigration Canyon, the pioneers had to make a trail of 36 miles through the canyon in order for their wagons to even make it through, it through the canyon. However, they began to feel that the boulders and the brush would be too difficult to move, so they pushed up a steep hill to try and quickly make it through. Now, because they had already spent time trying to clear the way for this path in Emigration Canyon, they had already lost some valuable time. And with pioneer parties moving west time is extremely important because of the weather now when they started pushing up this steep hill unfortunately many of their oxen died 
while doing such. While they were pushing up this hill, their oxen, many of them died. And the trail that they made through the Wasatch Mountains did cost them two weeks of good weather. And when the party finally made it to the Sierra Nevada Mountains in early November in 1846, they hit a huge blizzard. And this blizzard would claim half of the party's lives. Five feet of snow fell in one night. The mountain passes became absolutely impassable. The only thing for these people to do was to build makeshift cabins and put up their tents. Their supplies were running extremely low, and many of their oxen, as mentioned before, had perished in Immigration Canyon, so they couldn't use those oxen for food. After a month had passed, 15 men decided that they were going to try and hike out of the mountains to find help. They made the best snowshoes that they could and began a quest for a rescue mission. After wandering for a few days, they were starving to death. They were exhausted. They were out of food, and they didn't know what to do. So they decided that it was a possibility uh, to consider having two men square off in a duel or casting lots for a human sacrifice. Now, fortunately, possibly, I guess, is is that two people ended up dying naturally. And this group of 15 men, well, and I guess 13 now because two had died, uh, they succumbed to cannibalism to stay alive long enough for them to keep going and to return with help for the rest of the party. But another event that happened within these, this group of men was, also, was actually more devastating. Uh, the fate of two Indians who had joined the party. Their names were Louis and Salvador. And they were the only two that refused to join in the cannibalism. But because they didn't join in the cannibalism, they felt that they might be killed. The two men left the rescue party, and eventually they were found exhausted and dying in the snow. One of the pioneers named William Foster shot them in the head, and their bodies were consumed. Louis and Salvador were the only people killed for the purpose of food during the Donna Party tragedy. The rescue party continued walking for a few, uh, walking for a month, and eventually seven of the 15 made it out of the mountains alive. They reached California and began rescue efforts. These men's walk became known as the Forlorn Hope. Now, meanwhile, the rest of the pioneers who were stranded in the mountains began eating their pack animals, bark from trees, and leather from their shoes, anything that they felt would give them nourishment. Some were able to survive until the first rescue party arrived. The ones left in the mountains waiting for the next rescue party resorted to cannibalism from the frozen corpses that had died from the severe cold and who had also died of malnutrition. About half of the Donner party resorted to consuming human flesh to survive. Now, Eliza Donner, George Donner's daughter, wrote about her experience in her diary. She says, quote, It has been snowing for three days. Darkness came, and somehow they managed to light a fire. It had been three days without food of any kind, and most of them were far gone. Even in their delirium, they knew they were dying. Even the wind seemed to hold its breath as the suggestion was made that were one to die, the rest might live. Then the suggestion was made that lots be cast, and whoever drew the longest slip should be a sacrifice. The slips of paper were prepared, and Patrick Dolan drew the fatal slip. No one had the heart to kill him. About 11 o'clock, the storm increased to a perfect tornado, and in an instant blew away every spark of fire. The company was now engaged in imploring God for mercy and relief. That night's bitter cries, anguish, and despair never can be forgotten. Somehow, William Eddy 
got his dying companions to sit together in a ring and pulled blankets over them. A canopy of snow quickly covered the starving group. Antonio, a Mexican teamster, died. Franklin Graves was next. He died in the arms of his daughters, Mary and Sarah. Patrick Dolan went insane and had to be held down by his companions. At last, he slipped into a coma and died. Twelve-year-old Lem Murphy lay shuddering all but dead. It stopped snowing. William Eddy crawled out of the white tomb where the dead and dying immigrants lay and managed to relight the fire. Someone cut the flesh from the arms and legs of Patrick Dolan. They roasted the meat and ate it, averting their faces from each other and weeping. The remaining flesh was butchered, wrapped, and carefully labeled so that no one had to eat their kin. Three days later, the food was gone, and talk of murdering for food became talk in the camp. We looked at each other with suspicion, and we withdrew from each other. It was no longer helping each other to survive. It was now only the strong to survive. We were all going insane. Eliza Donner, unquote. Now, the Donner Party was stranded for five months, and rescuers knew where these poor people were trapped, but because pack animals could not get through the snowy mountains, the only supplies the rescuers could take with them was what they could carry. The immigrants had been stranded so long without food, they were incredibly weak from traveling. Many died attempting to walk out of the mountains. Four, rel four relief teams were sent to help, and within two and a half months, the surviving Donner Party members were rescued. In April of 1847, the Donner Party member, the last Donner Party member, was rescued, and his name was Louis Kiesberg. When rescuers found him, he was said to be half mad and surrounded by cannibalized bodies of his former companions. Many thought Kiesberg murdered the other immigrants for food, but nothing was ever proven. Now, one particular rescuer who had come in the third relief group was a man from California, and his name was John Stark. Stark and two, uh, two others found 11 immigrants, mostly children, left by the previous relief group. The two other men grabbed one child each and started their trek out of the mountains. John Stark could not stand to see any of the children left behind. The weakness, uh, the weakness of starvation affected the adults and the kids. Stark was able to rally the adults, but the children were extremely weak and could barely walk. Stark carried two kids at a time for a few yards. Then he set them down in the snow and would go grab another two kids. He continued this process down the mountain and rescued all of them. One of the survivors credited her rescue to nobody but, but God, Stark, and the Virgin Mary. Of the original 89 pioneers in the Donner Party that were stuck in the mountain, that had started out with the Donner Party, uh, only 45 survived. Jo George Donner's wife did not survive. All of their kids, however, all of their children did survive this horrific event. Now, the Donner Party's experience brings to light the tragedies of westward expansion and the reality of the dangers of moving west for many pioneers. However, the Donner Party should be credited with the trail that they made through Emigration Canyon. In, in July of 1847, the LDS pioneers seeking refuge used the trail the Donner Party had made to reach the Salt Lake Valley. The Mormon people finished the trail at the point where the Donner Party stopped and trudged up the hill. Ironically, this trail saved time for the Mormon pioneers on their journey while costing the Donner Party precious time, ending them in a dire situation. The Mormon people continued to use this trail to bring 
uh, many, they continued to use this trail to bring thousands of converts into the West to settle in Utah. And the Donner Party should be given definitely should definitely be giving some accolades to making the settlement of Utah possible. And that's something that I try to instill in my students. And I hope that everyone remembers the Donner Party, not only for cannibalism, which is the shocking part of their story, but also for the helping the settlement of the West possible, helping Utah uh, become a possibility for the LDS people. Um, they created that trail that went through Immigration Canyon that the Mormons used in July when they came through. And then many, many years later, uh, thousands more were coming through and created the settlement of Utah. And also other people were using it just to uh, use Hastings Cutoff to try to get through that section through Immigration Canyon into other Western territories. Come back for another story for another day.